The following presentation is brought to you by the Mutual Network. Better living through audio. The following audio drama is rated PG-13, suggesting that all children under the age of 13 should listen accompanied with an adult. The following audio program may contain content not suitable for some humans. Listener discretion is advised. This evening broadcast of INN is brought to you by the Ku Klux Klan. What? Oh, hell no! Hey, get off of me! Sorry, folks. It appears my evil doppelganger from the white supremacy universe has broken into the studio. Please stand by while I attempt to subdue him. Ha, ha, ha! You will never take me! Pauline, pass me that laser gun! How do I know you're the real Lars Wilson and not the white supremacist Lars Wilson? I am Hitler! Does that clear things up for your attitude? Sure does. What? What have you done to me? I'm disintegrating! Do you reckon he knew he was one-eighth Cherokee? Well, it doesn't matter now. You know, Colleen, in light of today's events, I think today might be a great day to hop in your time machine and explore the history of racism. Great idea, Lars. Holy smokes, Colleen! Are you using this time machine as a laundry hamper? Oh, those are just my panties. You can toss them in the back. Okay. Hey! No smoking in my time machine. So how far back in time are we going today, Colleen? Well, Lars, to truly understand the root cause of racism, we have to travel quite a ways back. Computer, plot a course for negative 3.2 million years and begin presentation. Ah, racism. A uniquely human attribute. Throughout the infinity of the multiverse, examples of racism in other species have been few and far between. But in humans, it appears to thrive. Our first stop on our journey through time to understand racism is the Afar Triangle of Ethiopia, where we will meet an Australopithecus afarensis known to modern-day scholars as Lucy. Hey, Colleen! That time machine over there looks an awful lot like yours! Oh, no! Ha-ha! I was wondering when you two would show up! White supremacist alternate universe, Lars! How did you get here? You aren't the only one with the promiscuous time-traveling correspondent! But my Colleen is better! A proper racist! Sup, loving What have you freaks done to Lucy? Well, you see, we had to tie her up to teach her how to be racist! See this picture, Lucy? This is a Now you say it. You'll never get away with this. Oh, on the contrary. We already have. You see, we are the origin of racism. No, it can't be. Computer, confirm the accuracy of evil white supremacist Lars' statement. Calculating. This is fascinating. My memory banks are updating. It would indeed appear to be true that the origin of racism is a direct result of interference with the timeline from your counterparts in the super-racist universe. In fact, they appear to have replicated this exact set of circumstances in over 593 universes. And counting. You have an incoming call from the Alternative Realities Police Department. Would you like to answer? Oh man! We're in trouble! They must think we have something to do with this! Well, since we broadcast on the Interdimensional News Network, 
We are the most well-known Lars Wilson and Colleen Carmichael in this infinite region of the multiverse. Okay, folks. Well, that's all the time we have. Until next time, I'm Lars Wilson. And I'm Colleen Carmichael. Let's get the hell out of here. Okay. Previously on Emperor Pigs. Listen up, guys. I'd like you all to meet the newest addition to our family. This is Maggie. I just lost it. I became the wolf. I want six pizzas! I sliced the throat of the demon who just appeared? Lord Hogar, I think it was. Oh, I will be filing a complaint with the health department. But for you, little bitch pup, I have your manager. So I'd like to make a little trade. You, for Gordon. As a Gorgon, faces are something of a tragic fascination with me. Throughout my years, I've seen faces that scream, faces that sob, and faces that plead. All frozen in time by my unique... Uh, ability. I've got to go. When Maggie returned to the storage unit, I saw on her the face of someone who had given up on everything. Someone who had abandoned all hope. I'd only seen that face once before, when I was young, on the reflective surface of a burning helicopter. Are you okay, Maggie? What's wrong? Nothing. It's nothing. I've just got to go now. It was nice meeting all of you. Goodbye. Mags, wait! Bernard, aren't you going to say anything? Just a few minutes ago, you didn't want me to talk to her. Ugh, I didn't want you to hit on her. This is different. Peter, where are you going? That face reminded me of when I had worn it myself. The pain, the suffering. I followed the young werewolf and placed a hand firmly on her shoulder before she reached the door. Hey, get off. You're not alone. What? Whatever you're going through right now, you can tell us and we can help. We want to help. So please, let us help. I, oh. And then I gave her what I'd wanted second most in the world. Peter, I can't breathe. Let go. Shh, don't, don't talk. It's going to be okay. In retrospect, she may not have appreciated the hug so much. Peter, what are you doing? He's smothering her to death. Points for creativity, Pete. Damn it, Fernand, I'm not smothering her. I'm giving her a hug. A warm, caring hug. Peter, wolves don't do hugs. Let her go before she changes. Oh. <sighs> Sorry. You should know better. How long have we lived together? I don't know. Uh, seven, eight? No, seven years. Seven years. Something like that. That was a rhetorical question, Peter. And Maggie, don't think you can just say it's nothing and run off like that. I'm a wolf too, remember? Keen senses and all. I can smell a lie a mile away, so you'd better tell us what's going on right now. Fine, I'll tell you. Just don't let him comfort me like that again. <laughs> Maggie proceeded to tell us about Lord Holgar kidnapping Gordon. And about his, um, well, frankly, unreasonable demands. We all processed the news in our own ways. Fernand, to his credit, set out to weasel whatever information he could out of his overabundance of underworld connections. Rove took Maggie back to our apartment to teach her some tricks to keep her urges under control. Meanwhile, I... I took to my place of peace and tranquility. Now we are going to take a journey to your happy place. 
A portal is opening in front of you. Step through it. Now you are in your happy place, where anything can happen. In front of you is a bloody hatchet. How did that get there? As you inspect the hatchet, you can detect the faintest scent of fresh blood. Take the hatchet. We are going to need it later. Are you still breathing? Good. I'm not entirely sure where it is, but I know it's very far from everyone else. I made sure of that the first time I came here. The most frustrating thing about being a Gorgon is the incessant need to let one's hair down. As one might suspect, there aren't exactly a lot of safe places to do that. This forest is mine. I feel like I can breathe out here. Really breathe. And so I do. Gordon's kidnapping was stressing me out more than I cared to admit. He believed in me at a time when I... When even I didn't believe in me. He gave me a job. He gave me confidence. He gave me this device that takes me here. The thought of losing Gordon was enough to rattle even the most timid of my serpents. But surrendering Maggie to the bully Holgar was not a reasonable solution either. Problem after problem arose, and answers were not presenting themselves. Without Gordon's calm patience and unwavering understanding, I felt useless, adrift, unable to form so much as a coherent thought. Let alone a rescue plan. I looked down at the device in my hand, and my mind drifted to something Gordon had once said. Remember, a good pizza takes time. You can't go through all the steps at once, or all you'll end up with is a mess. I wasn't entirely sure how it applied here, but it was a good memory, and we were prepping for the grand opening of Emperor Pigs. Gordon was there for me every step of the way. It took the entire night before I finally got it right. But he never gave up, even when I wanted to. As I thought back to that time, I realized two things. One, I was a terrible chef back then. And two, when I was learning how to make pizza, the answers were never all there from the get-go. I had to learn as I acquired new information. When Maggie asked me what we were going to do, I felt terrible telling her I didn't know. But that was foolish of me. It wasn't important that I knew right away. What was important was that I was going to figure it out. It was time to return. My brief escape at its end. Well, back to the fray. What could happen when monsters and demons start running the pizza shop? The city of Rochia, where dreams and nightmares are interchangeable. The worst of the worst roam these streets. And that's just the humans. But monsters and demons live here too. And we serve all of them. So if you're looking for somewhere to grab a hot slice, and you don't mind a 47% chance of survival, you'll fit right in at Emperor Pigs. Featuring Alexander Doughty as Peter, Jessica Rose as Maggie, Sarah McManus as Rove, Persephone Rose as Fernod, and Carlos Ortega Jr. as Gordon Czar. Back in my room, I tucked the device safely into its hiding spot 
just as Gordon had instructed when he gave it to me. The ritual reminds me how important balance is in my life. All things in their proper place. Hello? Hey, Farnot's got some info you're going to want to hear. Sorry, new phone. Who's this? Oh, that joke hasn't been funny in years. I think you've got the wrong number. Meet at the shop. Bring rope and the new meat. Typically, I found Fernod's uh, info to be about as useful as a screen door in space. But I had hoped that the dire circumstances might motivate him a bit. So, a quick wrap of the turban, and I was ready to go. Where's Rolf? She told us to go on ahead. Apparently, she spent so much time teaching Maggie how to take the edge off, she forgot to take care of herself. Ah, excused absence then. Indeed. So, what have you found out? All right, have a seat, class, and let Fernard educate you. Let's just get on with it, Fernard. Talking back to the teacher? That's detention, you- Fernard, <sighs> info, right this fucking second. Okay, spoiled sport, have it your way. I heard from a friend who heard from a friend who heard what Lord Holgar likes to do to his hostages. Maggie, you should probably leave for this. Let the meat stay. She should know the consequences of her carnivorous carousal. Oh, Fernard. My patience has just about... It's fine, Peter. I want to hear. Wonderful. She's a masochist. Fernand loves masochists. Fernand, enough. Now tell us what you heard. Gladly. When it comes to torture, Lord Holgar likes to call himself a traditionalist. I like to call him an original, but that's neither here nor there. He prefers to keep his captives somewhere cold. It keeps the sting of any flesh wounds he incurs. Now, for normal victims, he just takes them and does a little here and there with a knife or a sword or some other kind of sharp object, basically, before opening them up like a candy wrapper. Maggie, you really don't have to listen to this. No, I'm okay. Keep going. So, as Fernand was saying, that's just for your everyday off-the-street total stranger victims. When it's personal, things get a bit freakier. No one's entirely sure exactly what happens, but when he doesn't like someone, he makes sure there's nothing left of them to find. The most I could find out was from a drugged-up homeless guy who swore he saw the earth swallow a guy up like he was an edible. And? And what? And did you happen to get a location out of anyone? Nah, man, that's all I got. This is the kind of thing you could have told us over the fucking phone. We didn't have to come here in person. If we're not figured if we outnumbered uh, the new meat. Okay. That's it. Come here. You want some of this? You want some of this? Hey, boy! You want some of this shit? Yeah! Oh, 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 shit! Oh, 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 Peter, get off. You're sending the wrong person. You know, I warned Gordon about you. I told him you'd be nothing but trouble. Imagine my surprise when it turned out I was right. I'm trying to save Gordon. You know how this works. 
you drafted the contract? And as usual, you're doing the absolute minimum that's required of you. You don't even care about Gordon. You're just trying to protect your own laissez-faire lifestyle. Give me one good reason I shouldn't turn you to stone. Right here. Right now. Peter! Maggie, close your eyes. It's time I took care of our rodent problem. Peter, stop it! Listen to the bitch! Listen to the bitch! At that moment, I didn't want to listen to anyone. My rage was deafening, my snakes hissing in my ears. In my head, Bernard's fate was sealed. He had earned this, and I was dead set on finally ending his pathetic life in all of an instant. My hand was already tugging at my turban, when a hand on my shoulder gave me pause. This isn't what Gordon would want. How would you know that? Because I think you know it too. One day. One day what? You have one day to find Gordon. My face is the last one you'll ever see. Are we clear? You aren't really going to kill him, are you? I won't have to. Huh? If there's one thing Fernod's good at, it's saving his own skin. That's pragmatic, I guess. He'll find Gordon now that he's properly motivated. And if he doesn't? We'll worry about that ingredient when it goes sour. I'm sorry, what? It's a bu- Oh, never mind. See, I was going for a metaphor and it just kind of- I forget it. He'll do his part. Hello, I- Sorry, ma'am. We're closed today. But I- I don't know what Fernand promised you, but we really aren't open. I can recommend a few shops that are, if you'd like. I am not a customer. I applied for a job here. Oh, um, yes, uh, our hiring manager isn't here today. Did you check your email for an interview date? Yes. It told me I was scheduled for today. Uh-huh. Well, I'm sure there was, uh, an error in the system. If you leave your name and number on this notepad, we'll work on rescheduling you for the earliest available date. This is a roll of toilet paper. What can I say? Business isn't great. I didn't take you for fancy. Isn't there, I don't know, an assistant hiring manager I can talk to, or somebody in legal? I'd really like to get started as soon as possible. I'm afraid we don't have a legal department. We're a small company, you see. Huh. Then who drafted this contract I was told to sign and bring in? I did. I. I, I, I did. Are you okay, mister? Huh? Oh. Never better. Come back, um... Sometime next week, and we'll see what we can do about getting you that interview. Maggie, come with me. Where are we going? To the law library. Okay, I guess I'll just wait here then. Oh, my dear sweet bitch pup, hello! Come for your last meal. And what are you doing here? I'm Maggie's acting legal counsel. I thought we agreed on a one-on-one -on -one arrangement. As I'm sure an enterprising demon such as yourself can appreciate, we at Emperor Pigs, NLC, 
cannot have our clientele taking hostages in lieu of going through the proper feedback channels. If we did, well, <laughs> we'd be out of employees within a week. So, do you mind if I sit? Are you going to anyway? Well, since you insist. So, as I was saying, while we appreciate that you have some, some concerns regarding the way in which our business is managed, we believe it would be in everyone's best interest to set up a situation that's agreeable for both parties. Uh, yes, what do you have in mind? I'm glad you asked. I have prepared a contract which states in absolutely clear terms that we respect your right to do as you will to the Rochian in your possession, but that you, in the future, shall refrain from bringing physical harm either directly or indirectly to any employee or owner of Emperor Pigs or any of their associates. That's it? You came out here to tell me <laughs> that you're going to let me do God's know what to your boss as long as I leave the rest of you quivering vermin alone. While that's a certainly a colorful way to describe the situation, I am simply here to establish the terms of our customer service relationship moving forward. <laughs> and what's to stop me from leaving right now and killing your boss without signing this, this thing? Well, uh, you could, but then you would have to deal with the imminent wrongful death suit. Not to mention the murder accusation. Oh, I'm sure a demon of your status would be more than capable of fighting such petty legal battles. But why put yourself through the stress when you can walk out of here with the law on your side? And you, Bitch Pop? Her name is Maggie. You're content to let this happen? She wouldn't be here if she was- SILENCE! I want to hear her say it. Well, Bitch Pop, I'm waiting. Just sign the damn thing already. Ha! Spineless! <laughs> Just like the rest. Very well, I'll sign your contract, vermin. Where's a pen? I happen to have one right here. As you can see, we've already filled everything out for you. All you have to do is sign a date here. Now this is customer service I can get used to. <laughs> well... You know what they say about the customer being right. Peter! I found him! Gordon! Ooh, perfect timing! Give him here. Why would I ever do that? Because... Uh, you know what? I don't have time for this! Don't you touch him! What? Hi! <laughs> Why can't I touch him? Explain, you little worms. You. What have you done? What sorcery is this? It's the sorcery of a binding legal contract. But the contract said that I could- Harm the Rochian in your possession. Judging by Fernod's, uh, well, perfect timing, I suspect that was not Gordon's situation when you signed. Why, you little... Oh, I'm going to... Do what? You do well to remember the other half of that contract. Do you know what happens to devils and demons who try too many times to break their contracts? 
No? Fair not. Would you care to offer your thoughts on the subject? Ooh, I'd rather not. But, but you, and, and, and he, and, and I'll get you! Mark my words, you haven't seen the last of me! And the next time we meet, it'll be the end of Emperor Pigs! Worst customer service ever! Gordon, are you okay? He's not entirely conscious right now, but he's alive. Thank goodness. Think you can get him home safely? Yeah, okay. It's not like I just carried him from the other side of town all by myself. Very good. I'll escort Maggie back to her apartment. Oh, sure. Take the easy job, why don't you? Oh, man, I'm dog tired. <laughs> what? Oh, right. Oh, come now. There's no need to be stone-faced all of the time. <laughs> You've got to give yourself license to laugh at yourself every once in a while. That's one of the few things that makes situations like ours bearable. I guess you're right. Sounds like there's another thought hanging on to that sentence. Well, I was just wondering, how did you know Fernod would find Gordon before you signed the contract? Uh, to be honest, I didn't. But that wasn't really what saved him. There was something else in that contract hidden in plain sight. Really? What was it? Ah. That's a secret. Oh, come on. You can't just drop something like that and then not tell me. That's cruel. Oh, bite me. <laughs> That's not funny. <laughs> just tell me. I'm afraid you're barking up the wrong tree. You are so lame. Home at last. And finally, I could let my hair down. Gordon was safe. Holgar was no longer a threat. And even Rose seemed to be in a better way when I passed her in the living room. I was well overdue for some time in my sanctuary. So, I reached into my hiding spot and... Oh no. This has been Postal Roach's presentation of Emperor Pigs. Episode 2, Stone-Faced. Written by Paul Moore. Featured in the cast were Alexander Doughty as Peter, Persephone Rose as Fernod, Grant Patrizio as Lord Holgar, Jessica Rose as Maggie, Sarah McManus as Rove, Tara as Akiko, and Carlos Ortega Jr. as Gordon. Original music arranged and performed by Megan Rose Scott. Emperor Pig's theme song by Jordan Oren. Our sound engineer was Persephone Rose. Emperor Pig's is a creation of Persephone Rose. The executive producer for Postal Roach is Persephone Rose. I'm Persephone Rose. Production copyright 2019 by Postal Roach. Visit us on the web at postalroach.com. And now, Mutual of Ohm, providing spiritual insurance for your past, your present, and your future since 500 BC, proudly presents Wrinkly's Believe It or Forget About It, bringing you strange but true tales and oddities from all over this wide world. And here is your host, Mr. Robert Wrinkly. Hello, I'm Robert Wrinkly. Next, do you believe in ghosts? Most people don't, but they change their minds quickly if they spent a night in the Haunted Hotel.
That's the famous nickname of the Waldorf Anstoriger Hotel located in the historic city of Sandusky, Ohio. Built in 1890 on the site of a street battle between local candy makers, union rabble-rousers, and city police, the hotel has long been touted as haunted by the ghosts of the men killed there that fateful day. Guests who stay in room 305, for example, often complain about being awakened in the wee small hours by the sound of someone noisily chewing taffy. Across the hall in room 302, guests have reported that their sleep was disturbed by the incessant popping of bubblegum. And diners in the hotel restaurant have had entire tables upset by the unseen spirits of union agitators, climbing up to give long-winded speeches. The hotel is still open for business and does a booming trade during the month of October. Believe it or forget about it. You've been listening to a special feature of Pulp Paris Theater, Wrinkly's Believe It or Forget About It, brought to you by Mutual of Ohm, providing spiritual insurance for your past, your present, and your future since 500 BC. This is Gramercy Noun speaking. We return you now to our regularly scheduled program.